I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was a park ranger in northern Minnesota's Voyageurs National Park. It was a beautiful night. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Calm and warm. We had just finished a work day and I was sitting with a co-worker on the dock. We were looking up at the stars and talking about life when all of a sudden a howl came out of the wood. Now I know what a wolf's howl sounds like and this was nothing like that. It was far more distorted. More powerful like whatever it came from had a massive set of lungs. It was unlike any howl I'd ever heard before. Extremely loud and very long lasting roughly 18 seconds. It started very low in pitch and ended with a higher-pitched towel. It was one long howl with no breaks or pauses. It appeared to be coming from the south, from the woods, and it was very close. We ran inside to grab our guns and lights and decided to go in the woods and try to find the source. But we could not find anything. We heard it again, this time coming from the east. 
We ran back to our camping trailer, grabbing our recording equipment, and went back into the woods yet again. We set up the microphones and started recording sounds. We got the sound a total of four times. We ran back to the office to play the sounds back, and as we listened, we could hear something in the background after we enhanced the sound. This is what we found. As the howl began, it was as if something was growling very loudly, and then, as the howl went on, the howl changed almost in timber, and it seemed to be getting closer. After the howl ended, there was another sound, a howl coming from the other side of the lake. It was a call and response. Two things were talking to each other, two large wolves. Even though it was barely audible from the recording, it was there. We listened to these over and over and were very excited about what we had found. But our supervisor shut the whole thing down. I had never seen him so serious and angry. He told us we could never talk about this incident again. And if we ever did, then we would be fired. We never talked about that night again and have since got rid of the tapes. I've been thinking about that night, though, a lot. It's been haunting me for the past 15 years. I've tried to block out the whole incident and keep myself occupied with the upcoming 2016 election, but I know that's impossible. Even something as controversial as that will not make my mind go off it. I know that there is something out there, something big and dangerous, but also something that makes me very curious. I am a ranger, so I generally know what's in the woods. I've dealt with bears, wolves, and moose, and other animals. I know what they sound like on an occasion, but this was not a wolf, or at least not a normal one, bear or moose. It was something very large and powerful and not natural. That is why I wrote to you. I cannot deal with this alone anymore, and I need somebody to talk to about this. I just hope you will not share this with just anybody, but people or somebody who will listen, who will take me seriously. I cannot reveal my identity. Otherwise, I will be blacklisted by the U.S. National Park Service. If they found out I told you this, I could lose my job. I hope you can keep my name from the public. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. I am a park ranger at Yosemite National Park, and it is my privilege to patrol this stunning piece of nature. The rolling hills, the towering cliffs, the still waters, and the lush forests, all of it makes this place an outdoor enthusiast's paradise. The park is well known for its famous landmarks such as Half Dome and El Capitan, as well as its diverse wildlife, from the majestic deer to the busy squirrels. However, there's one thing in particular that I've been keeping an eye on for a while now, a rumored dark big fox. My name is Daryl, and I've been a park ranger at Yosemite for over ten years now. Today I'm on patrol, and I'm determined to uncover the truth about this dark Bigfoot. Some say it's a monster that roams the park at night. Others claim it's just a myth. I've always been skeptical, but I've heard things. Strange sounds in the dead of night, reports of missing hikers, whispers of something big and dark lurking in the shadows. I can feel a mystery unfolding, and I'm not one to back down from a challenge. As I make my way deeper into the park, I come across a group of hikers who claim to have seen the dark Bigfoot. They're shaken and frightened, and I do my best to calm them down. 
I take this statement and promise to look into the matter. It's then that I realize that I'm not the only one trying to uncover the truth about this creature. I meet a young woman named Sarah, who's a wildlife photographer. She's here to capture the beauty of Yosemite, but she's also on a mission to find the dark Bigfoot. We team up and spend the next few days exploring the park together. As we search for answers, I find myself falling for Sarah. She's smart, brave, and beautiful, and I can't help but feel a strong connection to her. However, just when I think I've found love, my world comes crashing down. Sarah betrays me, revealing that she's not who she says she is. She's actually working for a group of poachers who are after the dark Bigfoot. They believe that the creature is worth a fortune, and they're willing to do anything to get their hands on it. I'm heartbroken and angry, and I vow to stop them at all costs. The night of the showdown arrives, and I find myself face to face with a dark Bigfoot. It's a monster, a beast unlike anything I've ever seen. The poachers are closing in, and I'm outnumbered, but I won't give up. I fight with everything I have, but I'm no match for the dark Bigfoot. In the end, I pay the ultimate price, but I'm at peace knowing that the creature is safe and that Yosemite will remain protected. As I take my last breath, I see Sarah standing over me, tears streaming down her face. She realizes too late the error of her ways, and she's filled with regret. The dark Bigfoot disappears into the night, taking its secrets with it, but I hope that one day someone will uncover the truth about this mysterious creature and continue to protect the beauty of Yosemite National Park. Camping with my mom, my little siblings, and my mom's boyfriend at the time. My mom went off with her boyfriend and said they'd be right back. An hour or so later, me and my little siblings are sitting around the campfire joking around and our mom still hasn't returned yet. We see a police helicopter with its searchlight flying over us and hear cop sirens in the distance. In seeing this, I stupidly say as a joke, they're probably looking for mom. We all laugh. Another hour or so later, our mom and her boyfriend still haven't returned, and then several officers pull up into our camp spot. Me, being the only adult at the time in our group, gets pulled aside by the officers and told that our mom and her boyfriend were just arrested for grand theft auto. They do a quick search of our camp and head out. I then, being only 18 or 19, I think, suddenly have temporary custody of my little siblings while my mom was in jail. Yep. Me, 15 at the time, some of my classmates and two teachers hiked 10 kilometers into the Swedish wilderness. We set up camp beside a lake and on the other side of the lake was a some kind of mansion that looked abandoned. We slept under tarps and in the middle of the night a loud boom goes off and it's pitch black and I'm super scared. My mind instantly thought, some old mansion owner has hiked through the woods to our side and brought his rifle. We're all gonna die out here in the dark woods. My friend calmed me down eventually, and I managed to get some sleep. Turned out that the loud bang was one of our black sheep, classmate who made a small explosive slash banger just to F with us.
deep in and off trail, up and out to pee around 2 a.m., new moon. See what looked like lantern light maybe 200 feet away. No sounds. I stood still and watched. It moved very slowly, and I couldn't tell if toward me or not. Crawled back in tent to get a torch and my knife. Stepped back out, and it was gone. That was horrible feeling. Turning on the torch kind of made me more creeped out. Nothing happened, but I didn't sleep after that, and I heard every damn tiny sound. LOL checked around in the morning and found nothing to speak of. I know the likelihood of danger from another human is low, but the fear got the better of me that night. I still question if I handled it well, should I have called out right away. I've only occasionally run into other hikers deep in, but mostly near trails. This particular time I was very remote and seemed very unlikely to be another hiker. Oh well. During a field school in northern Alabama, we lived in a tent city situated in a patch of woods at the top of a bluff overlooking a slough off the Tennessee River. We had those old-fashioned military style of framed tents and cots. Pretty cushy camping, relatively speaking, but if you're gonna live in a tent for six weeks, it might as well be comfortable. We'd hear coyotes at night and see coppermouths and water moccasins on the regular but nothing was as terrifying as the nighttime thunderstorms. I normally love a good storm, but I've never been as scared as I was that summer when the storms would come through and the wind would whip across the cow pastures and hit the patch of woods we were in. The trees would go nuts, bending nearly in half, branches falling, thunder cracking every five seconds. And all I could do was slam a couple of beers in the hopes I'd pass out quick so I wouldn't have to lay there sweating it out, crossing my fingers a tornado wouldn't spin up, or a tree wouldn't land on me in the middle of the night, completely at the mercy of Mother Nature. A couple of times we did have to evacuate the tents and go down to the cave at the bottom of the cliff. We made it through that summer, mostly unscathed, but two years later the entire camp, including the open-sided two-story mess hall-slash-field lab and most of the trees in the camp area, got completely flattened by straight-line wind. I saw the pictures and got chills, thinking about what could have happened if there had been people actively working there at the time. Growing up in the Appalachian region of North Alabama and as a Boy Scout who spent lots of time in the woods, I heard plenty of stories of cryptids. Be it Bigfoot, Skinwalkers, or whatever else, if it's a supernatural being said to dwell anywhere in the southeastern United States, I probably heard about it. I never loved being alone in the woods at night. It was always slightly off-putting. Sometimes I felt like I was being watched but I did love the outdoors. When I was a Boy Scout, probably 12, 13 years old, we camped at a campsite on the shore of a lake in northeast Alabama. It was July at the time, and it was the sweltering hot that only Southerners can relate to. It was so hot that I was laying, in only my underwear on top of my sleeping bag at 11 p.m., sweating. I couldn't sleep, so I decided to go sit by the embers of the fire we had earlier that evening. I went out, and about five of my friends are also sitting around the fire for essentially the same reason. I went and sat with them, 
and we talked for several minutes. There was a two, three-mile hiking loop up and down a nearby mountain that we decided to hike because we were all bored and couldn't sleep. We notified an adult and started our journey. Just us guys hiking up a mountain in the middle of nowhere at 11 at night. It is important to note that there is a small ditch running parallel to the trail, presumably for water drainage the whole way up, part way up. I thought I heard rustling very near us, so I stopped and shined my flashlight around, seeing nothing and presuming it was some animal. This happened twice more before I stopped everyone and was like, do you all hear that? Several didn't hear it, but a couple did. So, theorizing that we were being followed, we stopped for like 15 seconds and shine our flashlights around to see if we could spot whatever we thought was tailing us. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. My sixth sense was going crazy, and I felt like someone was for sure watching us. Then we heard it clear as day. In the close vicinity of us, probably within 15 feet, a young girl cackled. I immediately spun around to see if anyone else had heard it and the two cross-country runners were already sprinting back the way we came. Well, I'm 14, so I've got no time for logical thinking. I just know I'm not gonna be the last in the race for survival and I take off after them. Boy, when I tell you I'd never run so fast in my life. We sprint about three-slash-fourth of a mile on a dirt trail down a mountain in the dark nearly leaving behind the highest functioning special member on the group and rendezvous at the camp. We were all super shook. I knew it was none of us. I was standing closest to the noise and it was on the other side of the group from us. And I knew no one in the group could make that noise. It was a lot more coarse and gritty and authentic sounding than I think any of us could have made. We went and fetched an adult, who of course did not believe us at first, but we were so shook that he ended up leading an expeditionary group back up the trail, consisting of the braver parts of the expeditionary group, including myself and several adults. We barely get on the trail before we see a silhouette on the dark. I turn on my heel to book it before the light illuminates it, and it's old Mr. Marco, a mid-fifty scout leader and auto mechanic in our group who starts laughing and clapping so hard that I thought he'd pass out. He tells us that he climbed in the ditch all Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details the way up with us and made the noise to scare us. He absolutely fooled me, and that was the night that I lost my man card. So a group of friends and I hiked up into a wooded mountain on an overnight backpacking trip. During the hike in, it was drizzling rain and very foggy. Fast forward to around midnight, I'm awoken by my friend opening my tent in a panic telling me we have to get out of here. Confused and still half asleep, I ask what's going on. There's lights approaching. More than one. Remember, 
We're in the middle of nowhere, not a campsite. There should be no one else around for literally miles. Another friend grabs an axe out of sheer confusion. Some of us start trying to pack out stuff to leave. At this point, we're thinking it's some sort of death cult coming to use us for their blood sacrifice. We're miles away from our cars, up steep embankments of mossy boulders. Not an easy hike out, especially at midnight. The lights keep getting closer and becoming more and more. Finally, someone goes, hold on, are those lights actually getting closer? The fog continues to gradually lift and we see that there are actually hundreds of lights and they're not moving at all. Some more time passes and we finally confirm that it was just lights from a town miles away off in the distance. They were never moving, only appearing to get closer and brighter because the fog was clearing. Because we were all in a panic and half asleep, we never really stopped to confirm any of this info and we all felt like idiots. Camping in the Sedona backcountry in a canyon. We camped up on a bluff, flash flood dangers, and it started thunderstorming in the middle of the night. No one else in the canyon and definitely wouldn't be where we were in a thunderstorm. Heard something calling? Out in the middle of the night for what I assumed was a dog or another person. Looking back, there was no way in hell there would have been someone where the voice was coming from, and it didn't sound like English. It was also very loud considering the rain and thunder we heard it crystal clear. It was weird as F and then I watched the missing 411 on Netflix about two months after the incident completely forgetting about it. Well, there's a scene tapped in the 70s from some hunters in the remote wilderness and it was the same sound. I literally started having a panic attack and crying and had to explain to my husband why I was freaking out. My husband and I did a 17-mile backpacking trip in southern Colorado in the Uncompagree National Forest. There are a bunch of old mines along the trail. We read in a hiking book or online somewhere that there were some people that are pretty territorial of the mines, and we shouldn't hike back into them. The first afternoon we set up camp in a valley and pretty soon a helicopter was hovering over us and kept coming back and circling us. We were about nine miles in at that point and were totally freaked out. The helicopter was white and had no markings at all. We convinced ourselves it was a dangerous gang and they were protecting their gold. Woke up to something very big sniffing my tent. It was right at the door and I could see a large silhouette with the moonlight in the background. I yelled out and grabbed a gun and a flashlight as I heard it running off. I quickly unzipped my tent and saw it was a black bear. Ironically, our solo camp in a Kodiak canvas tent. Needless to say, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I sat on a folding chair in my tent with my 12-gauge and pistol in my lap. When the sun came up, I drove an over an hour to civilization and bought the brightest area of light I could find that my solar generator could run all night. Four nights later, with my new light shining, I saw another bear walk approach my camp. It stood on its hind legs on the edge of where the area light shone. I quickly shined my flashlight at it, it snorted, and it took off. 
My experience has been Pacific Northwest mostly, some Alaska, Montana, New Mexico. Lightning storms above the tree line are fun and remind me of how small and insignificant I am. A windstorm with sustained winds of 70 miles per hour in January in northern Idaho made us move camp at 2 a.m. to the middle of a meadow so trees wouldn't get us. A couple times bears in camp, first time I was six. Mom shot it. The last time was in northeast Oregon with my eight and six-year-old. It scared me worse with my kids. Didn't have to shoot it. One night in Arkansas and another in Idaho, wolves hung around my fire. Met a grizzly heading the opposite direction on a trail in Montana. He kept to the trail. We didn't. The weirdest was hearing several. Something's outside our tent on the shores of Duck Lake in the Wallows in northeast Oregon one night. It was several things jabbering at the same time that made the hair stand up. At that point, I'd had probably 40 years in the woods. No idea what I heard. My buddy had no idea either. Heard a couple times the next couple days around the lake at different times, but not as close as the first night. I'm kind of embarrassed to say I eventually googled Bigfoot noises. Found one that sounded similar and that to this day still makes my hair stand up. Still not prepared to say that's what I heard. All in all, around 60 years backpacking, white water rafting, hunting, fishing, mountains climbing, backcountry skiing. So really, most trips nothing too scary too often. Now some backcountry self-inflicted stupidity is another story. I was camping, and it was bedtime, and I was in my tent, reading with my headlamp. I noticed a faint buzzing sound. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me in the silence. Then my headlamp started to flicker once or twice, and it completely died. Well, that's weird, because my batteries were recently changed, and the light didn't really dim or get more faint. It flicked once or twice and went completely out. Didn't think much of it. Went to bed. The next evening, I went to test my headlamp to replace the battery, and it worked great. No issues. I again read my book in my tent on night two and noticed the lack of buzzing sound that I heard the night before. I have no idea what it was, but I have to assume the buzzing and light dying were related. It was very strange. Oh man, I have a good one. I'm no stranger to backpacking, and I know the rules, but I broke them one time only. This story takes place while I was doing a few nights near Mount Wilson out near Los Angeles. I got kind of a late start, and I was losing light the first night, so I set camp near a nice babbling brook. Before tying up my food bag, I decided that I'm gonna bring some instant coffee and cocoa into the tent with me, so I don't have to get out of my tent to make it in the morning. This was my mistake. I know I'm in bear country and not to bring any smelly, tasty stuff into the tent. I messed up. I do some reading and go to sleep. Some hours later, I wake up to hear sniffing around the tent. That's not so crazy. I've had critters come through my camp lots of times, and they usually don't find anything and move on. This time was different. You hear the bear sniffing get closer and closer to my tent, and then he's right on me. I couldn't see him, but in my mind he was easy 2,000 pounds. 
As he gets closer, I sit in my sleeping bag with the whitest eyes you can imagine. He gets right up on my tent, sniff, huff, sniff, and then he starts trying to come in. I about shit my pants and start screaming, get out of here, bear. But he's not having it. He continues to scratch at my tent, and all I can think about is how thin that material is. I start punching at the tent wall and keep up my yelling. The bear eventually decides that my cocoa isn't worth it and wanders off. Dude, my heart is thumping out of my chest. I'm freaking the F out. I didn't sleep much after that. The coffee slash cocoa the next morning was nice, but never again will I sleep with anything that smells nice in my tent. Lesson learned. Staying at a state park in Wisconsin with some buddies, campsite has a narrow footpath at the back about 25-30 yards through the woods to a rough service road. I'm guessing that's what it is and a pretty vast clearing just beyond. Earlier in the night, just after dark, I decided to take a walk to the service road and have a, a little explore of the clearing. I stumble upon a decently sized shelter made of fallen trees slash limbs. It's very well put together, but its shape isn't something I would thought to use to construct. Alas, to each their own. I don't think much of this organized assortment of wood after finding it, Back at camp, I've taken to going about halfway down the footpath to relieve my bladder. It's far enough away from the group where no one can complain about going too close to their tent. Obviously, it's private in the dense brush as well. It's a buggy night, and the forest canopy let no light through from above. So one trip down the pea path, I remember to use the red light on my headlamp instead of primary mode to aid in my aim while not having to swat at insects. The stream is flowing, and I'm mindlessly looking around at the forest in the red glow of my headlamp when I notice a glowing red dot. It's about eye, level further down the path, just on the edge where the service road and the footpath meet. I focus in, and just as my mind questions what the glowing sphere could be, the one turns into two. Two bright red as red can be eyes looking at me head on. Not from above or below, straight ahead, level with my own gaze. I haven't tucked, zipped, and sprinted away faster in my life than in that moment. It was a deer. We all went back out to investigate after I breathlessly told them what I saw. We caught glimpse of the doe much further down the service road. I'll never be using my red light in the woods again. I was camping with my boyfriend sleeping on a blow-up mattress on the side of the tent closest to the fire, with my sister on the other side of the tent. About to be sound asleep, I heard sniffing right next to my head and squeezed my boyfriend's hand to see if he heard it. My heart was pounding so hard. I have four dogs and my sister has one, so there is five dogs in the tent. Not one of them woke up. I slowly lifted my head to face my boyfriend, trying not to make a sound. I as quietly as I could ask, did you hear that? He with one slow nod, nodded us. We laid there for what felt like ten minutes while hearing loud breathing and sniffing. We would squeeze each other's hand every time we heard it. We were pretty much asking, did you hear that too? 
At one point, I could have sworn I heard what sounded like hooves stamping the ground about two feet away, but he never mentioned anything about it after when we were recalling what happened, so I figure I was just being paranoid. After the sounds had stopped for a while, he grabbed the gun and went to check it out. As I mentioned earlier, we were on the side closest to the fire, and it was at that point where it's just smoke and ash flying about. There were no footprints. Nothing disturbed other than now his footprint. My sister didn't hear anything. The dogs didn't make a sound, but me and my boyfriend simultaneously heard it every single time. This is a national park in North Idaho, and it's not the first time I've had a strange experience there. I don't know what we heard, but I know we heard something. I was a kid camping with a whole bunch of other kids and some camp counselors in a public park. It was probably 12.30 and we had all just kind of started falling asleep when my friend woke me up and told me there was someone in the woods. At first I blew her off, but then my counselors got up with their flashlights and one of our counselors had a dog that started growling. It turned out to be a couple of other counselors who were not on this overnight trip who came out to scare the crap out of us. It worked. Being woken up at 6.30 a.m. to the start of a powerful storm that was originally forecasted to hit it after we left the campgrounds. We had camped by a lake not near the shore, thankfully, and the winds became strong, over 40 miles per hour at least, causing the tent to literally folding upon itself. And the rain was pouring into the tent, as my husband attempted to reinforce the tent from falling over, causing the tent to begin to flood. I was inside literally trying to keep the tent from collapsing, pushing against the side of the tent to counter the wind. After that, we had to scramble to get the outside equipment, cooler, cooking equipment, etc., into the tent, getting completely soaked in the process. My anxiety flew through the roof as I heard thunder in the distance and freaked out that Mother Nature would think one of us would make the perfect lightning rod. Luckily, we got that done quickly, but because we didn't want to stay in the tent as it continued to take on water, we ran to our car and sat in it for several hours while we waited for the storm to subside. Happy to say that none of our expensive stuff got ruined, but so much stuff was soaked, bedding, clothes, towels etc. Since it was summertime, it got hot again by lunchtime, so we laid everything out on a clothesline we made and sat around until everything dried off. Oh, and since our breakfast plans were ruined, we went to a Whataburger in the neighboring town and got ourselves a big breakfast. 